So, when was your last checkup? Oh no, not you. Although that's important too, but when was your last vehicle checkup? When it comes to service, nobody knows your Chevy better than your local Chevy dealer. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule an appointment today. The news from Ukraine troubling this morning, the small eastern city of Bakhmut appears to be close to falling to Russia is what we're hearing. Let's go live to Joseph Lindsley in Ukraine for the latest. Joe, hello. What's going on today? Bob, good afternoon from Kharkiv. Uh, still here 30 miles to the Russian border uh, in Bakhmut. Uh, it, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, uh, from, from what I told you yesterday. It still seems uh, the latest we know. Uh, the Russians have about a three-mile gap before they can totally encircle the city. Uh, so the fighting is, is still happening. It's still intense. Uh, uh, I just saw a video of the center of the city getting shelled once again. You know, I was in Bakhmut in June, and it, it, it was a scary place then. There was a lot of artillery fire, but you could see the loveliness of the city, the parks and the squares. Uh, and, you know, there, a lot of buildings were still intact. Uh, now, basically, the entire city is, is destroyed and leveled. Uh, so it's uh, I think everyone is sort of waiting and watching, watching and listening. Uh, meanwhile, there was a the strange video that came out of Russia of allegedly of uh, Ukrainian soldiers uh, that were on Russian territory. And they had very clean uniforms and they were saying that they have snuck into Russia. And then President Putin has reportedly called a meeting of his security council to address this issue. So there's always concern about potential Russian false flag uh, you know, operations in order to have a pretext to do something more. Uh, so that's happening in the background. And uh, meanwhile, here, uh, one one year ago uh, from yesterday, the Russians launched their biggest attack on Kharkiv, uh, the city from which I'm speaking to you. And they uh, hit the very center of the city, uh, the, the the regional government building. And you know, when I when I look at photos and videos of the destruction from one year ago, it looks like what Bakhmut looks like now. And that very well could have happened uh, here in Kharkiv had the Ukrainians not been able to continue to put up the fight. Uh, in fact, uh, I was uh, a friend wrote me yesterday, a friend here who's part of our volunteer team. He said, I was in Kharkiv that day. I was a few kilometers away. But what's the creepiest thing is at that moment, I sent my wife with my son and her relatives into the car to go out of town. And they were in the center of Kharkiv right at that moment. Uh, he said when he heard the explosion... Uh, his wife couldn't answer her phone, and these were these, you know, horrifying, terrible hours. Uh, that spirit was echoed by, I was meeting yesterday at the, the hopefully apocalypse-proof Irish pub with some Harkey firefighters, and they were describing uh, that that was the single worst day uh, for them of the war. It was, it was early days, they're running around to put out fires, and, and they never really in that day thought that they could be in here a year later still standing. Uh, and so we do, you know, even as we look at one year of, of difficulty, there's still some, you know, there, there's some uh, strength in, 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 for everyone knowing that they've been able to, to survive uh, uh, for, for this one year. And it's now been, Bob, more than a week since there's been an, a major missile attack uh, throughout Ukraine, uh, including here in Kharkiv. For a while, we had uh, missile attacks almost every two days. Uh, there's been nothing since last Wednesday. Uh, there was an attack last night in the in the southern city of Zaporizhia. Uh, I think it was a five-story apartment building was hit. People were buried in the rubble. Same types of stories we hear from the earthquake in Turkey. We hear from Zaporizhia last night. People buried in the rubble. Uh, but it, there have been frequent alarms, especially in the night, and frequent reports of Russian uh, fighter jet activity and missile activity. Uh, and maybe a lot of people, some people think that maybe the Russians are testing uh, and trying to weaken the Ukrainian air, uh, air defense system. 
But so far, there has not been this major, um, what we could call, I guess, an escalation uh, uh, for, for the anniversary of the full-scale invasion. And so there's this very strange sense of calm while most of the country looks to the very intense fighting in Bakhmut. Joseph, uh, we got this text after uh, our recent conversation about the Wisconsin Army veteran who died fighting in Ukraine. Uh, This is from Lori in Wisconsin. Bob, it was very kind of Joseph to mention this Marshfield, Wisconsin native that died fighting for Ukraine. I pray for Joseph every day, and I'm thankful for his brave and honest reporting. Be well. And uh, she sent me the story about Andrew Peters, 28 years old. He died February 16th while fighting alongside the International Legion of the Defense of Ukraine. Uh, He's believed to be the seventh American killed on the front lines in Ukraine. um, He was a resident of Marshfield in Wisconsin. He enlisted in the Army before graduating high school in 2012. He served a tour of Afghanistan in 2014 before taking up arms in Ukraine in November. And his father said Andrew had a strong sense of what was right and wrong. He felt the need to use his prior military combat skills to help the Ukrainian people fight and liberate their country. Andrew was extremely close to his fellow soldiers and was well-liked by everyone. We are all extremely proud of his bravery and selfless service. Uh, He was quite a hero, wasn't he, Joseph? Well, actually, and I never met Andrew, but I have friends who knew him well, uh, friends who are are still fighting. And uh, in fact, uh, when uh, right after he was killed, uh, one of his friends, uh, a fellow uh, member of the Foreign Legion, uh, wrote him. His nickname was Specs. And uh, they talked about how they were training together, uh, uh, and and uh, the what the, the stories were that he was hit by a cluster bomb, which is you know this you know the, the bomb hits and then there's just chaos everywhere, um, and uh, and it's uh, yeah we and also that Dr. Peter Reed who was killed the medic killed in uh, Bakhmut, uh, he I was speaking yesterday with uh, or two days ago I think as I mentioned with friends who are are Ukrainian volunteers as medics and they knew Dr. Peter Reed. Uh, they've been training with him. They've been on many dangerous missions with him. And, you know, there is, I mean, almost every day you have these stories and, you know, people tr- keep, try to keep these, their memories alive, but there's a great heaviness and sadness. And if you think, you know, just about the, 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 everywhere you go, you will meet someone that knows someone who's been killed in this. Uh, and mm-hmm. by the way, those medics, as they travel, you know, the, the front line is a m- massively wide area because it's, it's sort of, it's not just one line, right? And there's a big gray zone. And so as people go into these gray zones to retrieve wounded soldiers and civilians, even the medics have to be armed. And it's just, I mean, it's a hellish scene every single day. I have so much respect for especially these people who their service time is over, but they go back and they want to help there in Ukraine and in other parts of the world. You hear about that a lot. And also for uh, people like you, Joseph, and the reporters covering this war, uh, you and I have talked about this. Uh, You're free to go home, but there is a feeling... You can't abandon the people of Ukraine now, and I know that's how you feel, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel, and and uh, everyone I meet here, whether they are people who work for the United Nations or uh, even reporters uh, and, and the volunteers, uh, there is that feeling and that sense of uh, when uh, there was the Afghanistan veteran who told me that you know after 20 years of fighting in Afghanistan, he said he, he couldn't sleep at night. He wasn't sure what he'd given his career to. And that's why he came here. And now he can sleep, even though it's very difficult. Um, and so that that's the thing that keeps everyone uh, going in this. And I think uh, that that's a story that sometimes gets missed. I think in, in, in the, you know, as people talk like right now, the G20 is happening. And mm-hmm. the prime minister of India said, oh, as we all meet, let's try to find the things that unite us. Russia is there. United States is there. You know, and they're trying not uh, India doesn't want them to talk about Ukraine. 
Hmm. Which, you know, you think about I mean, these are the people that could actually change it. India actually has increased its trade with Russia in the war while ale- allegedly being neutral. But you see the people who uh, are not fancy diplomats who come here and risk everything because they see what's right and wrong. And, and that's really where you see the best of humanity, not necessarily these fancy summits, but the people who are here at the edge of the free world. You mentioned sleeping, and I'm looking at a text from one of our listeners. How is Joseph able to sleep at night? What are his coping strategies? Yeah, what are they? Uh, well, uh, it's you know, it's strange. I mean, I, I did. I promised you, Bob, that I would not sleep with noise canceling headphones, so I no longer do <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, I want uh, you so to I, hear the <laughs> sirens, the air raid alerts. But sometimes, I, uh, lately, uh, this uh, you can never fall into complacency. But sometimes, when the alarm goes off, I just take a nap, and then you know, I don't know. It's a uh, it, it's it's a very weird psychology, but. Um, uh, we do always have to be alert, and uh, you know, human tiredness does take over. And uh, you just make sure you sleep in the safest place as possible, and be ready. Have your shoes ready, and be ready to run. Stay safe. We'll talk tomorrow. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you, Bob. Until tomorrow.